we all know what it's like to live in an icy wonderland right slip sliding away scraping car windows melting the ice in your walkways and you know if you've traveled you likely have watched your plane be de-iced it's all just a part of our world and certainly living in edmonton that's just you know goes with winter standard ice removal techniques rely on uh, mechanical thermal or chemical methods but what if there was something different what if? Well, that's exactly what researchers at the Department of Chemical Engineering at McGill University decided to look into. And they turned to penguins. Yes, penguins to find an answer. Someone just texted in and said, you know why? Because penguins are cool. Yeah, penguins are pretty cool animals. Anna-Marie Keatsig is an associate professor at uh, the Department of Chemical Engineering at McGill. And Anna-Marie joins us this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jaden, for the introduction. Nice to have you. I'm very happy to be here. Nice to have you. So why was there this need or why did you decide, uh, the team decide to maybe look for something new? So overall, our research is into looking um, how we can design surfaces without using chemical coatings, without using, um, you know, any kind of those toxic sprays that we use, but so that they get a certain functionality. In this case, the functionality is that drops don't stick on <laughs> ice, falls off very easily. So how so the motivation was really sustainability. Yeah. So how? So looking into how to design a surface that didn't ice up, really, that's that's what it was. Exactly. Okay. So, um, um, and, and, and yeah, so you don't want it to form in the first place. So you looked to nature and penguins specifically. Why penguins? Well, it's, it's an interesting question, but did you ever see a picture of a penguin with ice? No, like never. Penguins, <laughs> you see the photos, there's never ice on a penguin. And think about it. These animals live in frigid waters, they hunt in frigid waters, they come out, and never any photograph managed to take a picture of them with eyes on them. And it's minus 20 um, where they live, or, or colder, and with yeah. the windshield, even worse. So that intrigued us. It was like, well, there's something odd about that, or something that nature does far better than we do it. So, and so you contacted, yeah, you, so you contacted what, uh, the Montreal Biodome, and um, you took a look, they have an Antarctic exhibit with uh, some penguins. What happened from exactly. there? So, yeah, um, you would be surprised, but um, the, the biodome actually has a long wait list to get, you know, parts of skin and uh, of a dead penguin because kind of we need the, the dead animal. I can't have a living animal running around my lap and trying to do experiments on it. Um, <laughs> it would so be amusing. Got, it would be amusing. I mean, the students would love it. And, um, but we realized something that most people don't know because we see penguins usually behind glass walls. They stick. So it's a, it's a mixed pleasure. Um, so we got a jar full of penguin feathers and we reassembled those, well, we cleaned those feathers and we reassembled them into something that's basically there to imitate the plumage of a penguin. So like a feather mat, okay. row by row. And those feathers you, um, are not like your typical bird feathers that are as big as your hand. Those feathers are about a centimeter big. Really? So they are tiny. Um, so we layered them up so that we had a kind of the, the penguin plumage again, and then we ran experiments. And, and what did you, what did you, you found that um, like the, the water doesn't freeze up on the feathers? Is that what it is? Why? 
Okay, so basically there, there are two things that um, happen there. What we've shown is that the penguin is using two very different mechanisms um, to stay ice-free. So one is that these feathers, um, they have the central stem or edges, as it's called, and then they have those branches like any feathers going off, and then there's a second degree of branching that's going off these, um, it's called barbs and barbules. Um, they interlock, again, like on every feather, and then that bird is um, basically calming itself with its beak several times a day and impeg um, basically applying some kind of an oil, a preening oil. <laughs> so that results in something that is very water repellent, kind of a water repellent coating on this 3D network. But what we've shown is whereas this water repellency helps as long as water is on the feather mat once um, we are at cold temperatures and there is a droplet that gets to freeze doesn't have anything to do anymore with that um, particular you know super hydrophobicity which is the non-wettability of that oil and that 3d structure but it really comes down to um, this network and to fully understand that we have made a kind of the engineering um, parallel of this feather mat. We have used a woven stainless steel textile um, and we've shown that the pores in any woven fabric, like, like your t-shirt, um, there are pores in there and that are super, super tiny, but they freeze up on the surface first before the water that's inside, huh. um, inside those pores freezes. So and you might have, I'm sorry. No, you. go ahead. I'm going to let you keep talking because I think you're going to answer my next question. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I guess many of us have forgotten a water bottle um, in a freezer mm -hmm. one day. And uh, we all know that uh, water up in freezing expands and the bottle explodes. So that is kind of what's happening in, in my mini pores in my textile. The water that's still liquid but now has an ice cap on top cannot expand any further so it wants to so there's lots of mechanical stress building up so with the slightest force slightest motion um, that is applied to the surface there's a big crack that's going through the interval along the interface and that is how the ice is being shed off so the penguin has two mechanisms, one for the ice shedding and one for the water shedding. All right, so how can, so with this, with this, the stainless steel cloths that, that you've, you've done to replicate um, the, the penguin feathers, how can this, or can it be used yet? Or what, what has to happen next to, to make this something that could become a, a practical everyday thing? So we have tested um, basically airfoil wings um, or models of airfoil wings in um, Ottawa's NRC uh, atmospheric icing tunnels, so which is basically a huge laboratory where you pretend that you're outside <laughs> and you're spraying um, cold water on cold surfaces in, a, in, in the wind. Um, so 
we have tried that on an, on alfoil wings and different other coupons. Uh, some of those experiments have been exceptionally good um, and, and promising. However, it's very clear in your introduction, you talked about airplanes at mm-hmm. the airport, at the DIs. We will not wrap airplane wings in, um, you know, metallic textile foils. So we need a, a certain level of abstraction here um, a bit further, probably some more surface engineering. On the other hand, for the utility sector where, um, you know, hydro towers, power lines, um, critical pieces uh, that are of lower cost and of smaller size, there might be an option of actually using that type of material directly. So this is really the next steps that um, we're investigating in how to are basically testing um, what we found on the fundamental level now on real life infrastructure. Wow, fascinating stuff. You know, Anna Maria, I wonder sometimes, um, you know, if if more and more folks and scientists turned to, and took a closer look at what has actually happened in nature, what is happening in nature, if we might find out more answers that will help us every day in the future. I mean, to me, that's just, uh, it's just, um, it's just really cool. It's really fascinating. It is. It is. And well, as you said at the beginning, uh, penguins are really cool. <laughs> They're really cute as well. Yes, they are. Uh, Anna Marie, I, I can't wait to see how this uh, continues to evolve in the months and years ahead. Thanks for um, explaining it to us and, uh, and sharing the research. I sure appreciate your time this afternoon. Well, thank you very much for inviting me.